Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Dance, and Kelly Sander, and Dalton Sanford from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. It's the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state on the Super Talk Radio Network. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of USM Baseball and the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their delicious meats that are smoked in-house every day. And don't forget, they cater every occasion, big or small. I got to tell you, Kelly, to kick the show off, I took my mother there for lunch yesterday. That's where she wanted to go for Mother's Day. Delicious. Did, it was delicious. Did you have the cream spinach, perchance? No, I didn't. Okay, I that's, that is my favorite side dish there, because it's it's a unique dish. Yeah. You don't normally don't see but that. I had the brisket, which was delicious, and then in honor of you, two bowls of ice cream. Oh, just two? It's good ice cream. I was going to say, isn't that Kelly's favorite dish? Yeah, ice cream? literally cream? and figuratively my favorite. <laughs> cream spinach and ice cream in the same meal. All right, Dickie's Barbecue Pit, we thank them for their support of the show. Monday, time to go to the uh, phones and uh, talk to our favorite baseball coach, Scott Berry. Coach, before we get into baseball, I don't know if you could hear what Kelly just said, but does cream spinach and vanilla ice cream sound like a good combination to you? You know, that sounds like what you get after you lose a series at Rice. <laughs> Ouch. That's, that's what it sounds like is your post-game meal. Well, normally it's it's beanie weenies, isn't it, Coach? Usually something, something like yeah, that. It usually is, or uh, peanut butter and jelly for sure. There you go, Coach. So you give them cream spinach and ice cream when they don't play well. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, if that's what if that's what you like, then that's, that's I what guess you, so. you go after. So. Well, it is Kelly Coach, so I, I think you know that, that he's a little different than the most of us. For sure. <laughs> All right, Coach, you're right. Uh, not, a, not a happy weekend. Uh, your ball team uh, plays well Friday, I thought, and, uh, and beats Rice, and then you come back and, uh, and you lose two straight. What was the difference between the Friday performance and, and what you saw out of your guys Saturday and Sunday, Coach? Well, of course, on on Friday, we played a really good, complete game. You know, Walker Powell went out and gave us another really good start. Uh, you know, I thought that we, uh, you know, in that game, we rolled four double plays. Uh, we did some things really good defensively. We got some quality hits. Of course, we left the yard three times, uh, home runs, uh, Lynch, Montenegro, and Walner. So, you know, things seemed to be going our way. And, and honestly, I was really kind of worried about Friday just because we'd only been able to get one day of practice in that week um, uh, prior to, to heading over there and, and got rained out on Thursday. So, you know, anytime you can't practice the day before you play, you're always a little concerned. But then Saturday, I tell you, we ran into a really good one. Uh, Kravitz, he's been continually gotten better. Uh, here at the end of the year, according to their coaches, and he, he showed us that on Saturday. We just did not match up, you know, with six left-handers in the lineup uh, against his stuff. You know, he was uh, six seven, uh, really tilted the ball downhill. He looked like Andy Pettit on the mound, 
but not you know quite as hard. Didn't throw quite as hard, but he was eighty nine to, to ninety one with a really good slider. And we didn't have an answer for him, even though you know later there in the game we did have a couple opportunities to to get the momentum back. We just never really did anything. And of course, we saw ourselves strike out thirteen times in that game, and for a reason. Honestly, I mean it was one of those you just honestly you just tip your hat and say hey. You know, mm-hmm. they just the guy just beat us. You know, kind of, kind of like Sandlin did to a lot of guys last year. Right. But then on Sunday, I was disappointed yesterday that we didn't do more than uh, than what we were capable of doing. I think you know, the game, you know, the way I looked, the game was decided in the first inning. You know, we get first and second on, and nobody out. We get a we get in a rundown on a ball uh, in the dirt. We get out. And we get a strikeout, and then we get a weak ground out, and and then they answer with four runs in the bottom of the first. And very disappointed in the way that we competed the rest of the game uh, from that point on, because I felt like certainly we should have hit that guy that Rice was was throwing at us, and uh, you know, and we did. So you know, now you have yourself scratching your head trying to figure out, you know, as, as we move forward, you know, how do we how do we win the next game and. To me, it just it boils down to once again, it's about competing and the mindset, going out there and doing it. Yesterday we had ten strikeouts, so you know the one thing that I see that parallels uh, a lot of our success is if uh, if we cut the strikeouts out, which means we're competing well at the plate, then we seem to win our share of the games. But if the strikeouts are high, then uh, unfortunately uh, we can't overcome that and uh, not getting the runs across and holding the opposition down to win games. Coach Scott Barry, the pro- what's problematic about strikeouts is is it as you look at your Eagle team is it is it poor pitch selection or is it a lot of uh, pressing later on in the game knowing that you've already started out uh, with a few Ks that you sure didn't want to have. You know, there was a couple of times Kelly yesterday that we did chase pitches out of the zone that we didn't need to. But you know, we had some uh, you know, of the 10, I think there were four caught looking and you know to me that's just not fouling pitches off and extending the at-bats I mean it's just it's too easy to go away uh, and and uh, and and just not give the effort to to extend it there's nothing to say that that guy is going to make that same pitch again you know that's that's the beauty of being able to foul two strikes away to to try to get that mistake and get that one that you can't handle so you know, for whatever reason, yesterday we uh, we just we didn't we didn't compete like we needed to uh, to, to win that game at, at Rice. Really, when you when you look at the conference as a whole, though, Coach Barry, I'm not sure that there's any team that's been especially consistent here in the stretch run. No, there hasn't. I, I mean, mean the whole, we, yeah, we were talking. Oh, I agree. We were I talking agree. to the Rice guys last week, and they were saying we're we're not sure which Rice. You know, we're Rice guys, they were saying. They said, we're not sure what team's going to show up this weekend, but top and, to bottom. And, you know, I think I said it last week. You weren't on uh, with, with them last week, Kelly. But, you know, the, the saying that, that every head coach seems to say now is it's just when you catch somebody. It's the, it's the time you catch them. If they're playing good, if they're not playing good, you know. And, of course, we don't have a crystal ball to know that. Uh, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, I try to just – Keep it simple and go out and don't worry about who you're playing, how they're playing. Go out and play your game. You know, you control yourself. You can't control the opposition. So go out and control yourself and how you show up every day to play. And, you know, honestly, that's uh, that's been a little difficult uh, for us, I feel like. We're 32-17. and 17. 
You know, we're tied with, with FAU for first in the conference with three games to go, both sides. Uh, but, you know, the we've just got to be more consistent and not consistent with in, inconsistency, honestly. Right. All right, Coach, you've got a you've got a game tomorrow night, I believe. Am I correct? They added a, a midweek game against Troy tomorrow night. I, I see they're twenty seven and twenty five and then you uh you get down to the weekend where you know am I right in assuming you have to go in there with a the mindset of winning all three games and hoping that, that Florida Atlantic uh slips up. Is that correct? No doubt. I mean here's what you got. The last two weekends We've lost two weekend series. The last two weekends for FAU, they've won two weekend series. Uh, they're at home against Middle Tennessee, who is next to last right now. Or I guess they're maybe they're tied. Oh, uh, no, I think they're two game or one game up of UAB. And then you have UAB, who uh, is there at the bottom uh, of of the conference right now, trying to. The way I can see it is they're trying to get to be one of those eight teams that are that are going to go to Biloxi. There's four teams that have clinched. And there's four teams left out there of the of the twelve that that have to uh, decide at this next series. So you got UAB that's coming in winning a series from Charlotte this past weekend, uh, who feels pretty good about themselves and has a sense of urgency that they have to get in that tournament. You know, I would think they would have to win all three. In order to get in there, so mm-hmm. you know, you, you got us that is, is, is trying to win that number one spot, and I feel like you're right. I mean, I don't think that FAU is going to slip up and let Middle beat them at home. I just don't. I think FAU is playing really good, and we're going to have to really come up and, and show up and compete every every game this weekend. But but going into the Conference USA tournament, Coach Barry, does it really matter whether you're a one or a two seed? Is there that big a difference? Well. You know, it sure would it it sure would be nice to to win back to back to backs. You know, I think that's right. important. We 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 set out as the number one team. We've held that spot all all year, except for right now. We're sharing it with FAU. I'm a, I'm a big believer in you finish what you start, and uh, you know we've been talking all year about that that target on your back, and uh, so you know even if we tie with with FAU, we both win all three or or we win two each and lose one each, whatever, they got the head-to-head. They'll have the one seed if we tie for that. So I just, once again, you can't control what they're doing on their end down in Boca Raton. We need to control what we're doing here in Hattiesburg, and that's trying to win every game that we uh, set out to play. All right, Coach, if you'll hang on, we've got just a couple more things we'd like to talk to you about on the other side of the break. That good? Yes. Coach Scott Berry, everybody. Southern Miss baseball is the topic of conversation. The Eagle Hour continues with both right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. 
uh, time to buy and sell school books. They do all of that at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. Of course, they have the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere in the country. And no matter where you live, you can buy it very easily. Just go to campusbookmart.net. And they will deliver it right to your front door. We appreciate their support. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry as we do every Monday. Uh, this following a uh, a weekend where the Golden Eagles were beaten two games to one by Rice University. Coach, one of the things that that I've observed all year, and I'd like to get you to comment on it. Huh? One of the difficulties you and your staff, I think, have had to deal with is you've effectively had really one. Week, weekend starting pitcher that you could rely on all year in Walker Powell. Stevie Powers has pitched well at times, but has, has dealt with injuries. And uh, and then on on Sundays, you've, you've used a number of different kids. I'm going to assume that's been a real challenge and will likely be a uh, a priority for you to address in the offseason, right? Hell yeah, most of them. I mean, that's, I'm sure that's, like you said, that's pretty apparent there. Uh, you know, we were without Mason Strickland this week, and I uh, don't really know the status of him from here on out, honestly. Um, you know, he's got a shoulder issue, and, uh, you know, we're trying to trying to see if we can get him back, but I don't know if we will, honestly. So it's going to be an issue from here on out. And that Sunday uh, that Sunday starter, we've, we've tried numerous guys and repeated them and that sort of thing. And, you know, honestly, just really kind of hoping that we hit it and we could get three – three, four innings out of out of them and uh, sometimes we've been able to do that and, and then there's other times that we haven't. You know, we haven't gotten out of the first with them. So, you know, that that is a challenge, but that is something certainly moving into next year that we uh, that we hope to uh, hope to be able to correct, uh, you know, with recruiting and development. Well, I, I don't recall seeing seeing it to this degree uh, in the past. Uh has this been the most difficult uh, situation like this you've had to deal with? Yes, yes, I think so, mm. uh, most definitely. And, uh, you know, I think one thing that's kind of created some instability in that every week is, you know, with Stevie, with uh, a couple of missed starts that he's had in there, it's kind of shuffled some things around and, and created some uh, some holes that we've had to try to fill and, you know, we've we've talked about it before that it's important how those starters, if they get us deep into the game, without depleting, uh, you know, the uh, the bullpen. But you know, unfortunately, there's been games uh, where where we haven't gotten deep in there with the starters, and we've had to get in the bullpen quickly. You know, yesterday, uh, Cody comes in, Carroll, and gives us a great outing, uh, and and really throws up zeros. He's threw four straight innings up of zeros, but we couldn't get anything going mm-hmm. offensively to get the momentum back. They hit us for two there, I think, in the sixth inning uh, to, to extend the lead six to, to, to nothing. But, you know, well, we had we had those chances there uh, before the sixth to, to knock on the door, to get a run or two here, and that's really, really crucial in trying to get momentum back and get some confidence and Certainly, we weren't ever able to to get that in our favor. Well, I, I got to see your your signee Etheridge from uh, West Lauderdale uh, per- uh-huh. perform last night against Summerall. Now, this was a kid, this Etheridge kid, right-handed starter from West Lauderdale, going into that game last night with Summerall. He had pitched sixty-two innings. All right, he'd given up like I don't know thirty hits. All right, he had walked seven. This is a whole season now. Walked seven and has struck out a hundred and twenty-one. 
It's high school, right. but right. still, those numbers are staggering, mm-hmm. you know, at the high school level. So help is on the way. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, and certainly that's what we're even, and you're right, even though it's high school, there are numbers that reflect strikes and ability to command uh, the, the strike zone and, and attack the strike zone. And a lot of times, you know, that's you can take a big arm that uh, really throws hard, and then, you know, you got to try to corral him. To get him to, to get in the strike zone, and sometimes those never happen. So I'd certainly rather have that guy, uh, you know, that, that shows those numbers, just like you're saying, that that you know you have something to work with right off, all right off the bat. Coach, in, inside discussions within the university, there, what what do you think it is going to take? Obviously, you win the conference USA tournament, you're in. All right, but I'm in risk management. Okay, so I, I deal in worst case scenarios. What do you think you have to do to get into the tournament? Can you get in without winning the Conference USA tournament? Honestly, Kelly, I, I can't answer that. I don't look at RPI. I haven't looked at RPI since 2015. Um, I, you know, all I know is I try to keep it as simple as I can. The most important game, and I know this sounds like a broken record, but the most important game on that schedule is tomorrow night against Troy. And if you don't win along the way, you're not getting in. So we just, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have to continue to win. I think if we can win a conference uh, regular season, then certainly we have uh, we have a, a really good resume right there going into the tournament uh, with it. But I don't even know where our RPI is today. I mean, I have no idea mm-hmm. where it is. And, and I mean that. I, I just don't ever look at it because, uh, you know, in 15 I drove myself crazy trying to figure out how it wasn't better than what it was. And, you know, then, of course, when we got left out that year, trying to figure out how did we get left out when there's other teams with higher RPIs, um, higher as in higher number, that got in ahead of us. So, yeah, we, I, you know, I don't know. We've always argued that on this show, that if there's it's some way... That, yeah, yeah. That, that if there's some way the NCAA can keep us out, it's it, and I know it's, <laughs> it's we that have the chips on our shoulders here, but it's, it's just like uh, if there's any way they can keep us out, they'll use any excuse in the yeah, world yeah. Um, to keep you out if they don't want you in, you know, or well, want somebody else five, in. You know? Usually those last five in are usually favors to somebody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in 15, yeah. in 15, the NCAA committee uh, chair was from Oregon, and Oregon got in with a 62 that year, uh, which is yeah. the highest. I think that's the highest in the history yeah. of, uh, of RPI and, and 64T regional. So, you know, you just never – you just got to take care of yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, because you will drive yourself crazy trying to bring all that other in there. So we may be uncovering a scoop here, Bob Getty. If I'm not mistaken, Coach Scott Berry is alluding to the fact that there could be politics in the NCAA? No, certainly not. That, that's not what you're saying, is it, Coach? I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's the safest way. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think. Well, we're not going to put you on the spot like that. Coach, uh, you got a pretty tough game tomorrow night. I see Troy's 27 and 25. They're not going to be easy either, are they? No, they're not. There's nobody easy. I'm telling you, I wake up every day. Uh, knowing that this is a day of challenge. And just like today, you know, we're fixing the practice here. We're fixing the stretch in one minute. And, uh, you know, we got to make it as challenging as we can to, to have ourselves ready, focused, and locked in for tomorrow night with Troy. And then mm-hmm. once Troy's over, then we have to quickly move to the Blazers, you know, of UAB for Thursday. So, you know, everybody's good at this level. You can look all across the country. And if you if you know programs and you know college baseball, 
on any given day, you would just go, how in the world did they just get beat by that team? Right. It happens, man. I mean, it just happens. And it seems like it happens more today than ever before. Right. So, and, you know, a lot of that has to do with parity in college baseball. I mean, there is a lot of parity mm-hmm. in college baseball. But, uh, you know, but it seems to be, uh, it seems to be the, the norm anymore in, in today's game. Coach, my final question for you is you do have to get out there with the team stretching is I've seen a lot of travel ball this year, got to go around and watch some of these tournaments and, and I've I've been on the the anti travel ball bandwagon here, even though I coached some travel ball teams. It was a different animal back then than it is now. But I've seen something this year that I'd never seen before now. Nine year old travel ball kids going up to the plate with parents having a boom box with walk up music. <laughs> walk up music for nine-year-old kids, what in the world is going on? I don't know. I mean, that's—I I have no idea. But that is my world. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd want to live world. in that. I'm not sure I'd want to live in that world, Coach. <laughs> How much has that changed since you first got into coaching, Coach Barry? Oh, that's changed a bunch. And there's no country music anymore. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind it if there was country music, but there's no country music. So, I'm but, with you uh, there, Coach. <laughs> but, I mean, nine-year-old kids looking to the parents, that's not the right song. That's you know, not, Oh, my gosh. You know? Well, Coach, we always enjoy our conversations with you, and uh, well, we'll look forward to talking to you next week as well. And uh, let's just keep going. Let's just keep winning well, some ball games. That's all we do. I mean, honestly, we just uh, we got to move to the next opportunity. It is what it is. Uh, and we can't back off from the, the opportunity that's in front of us. That's win a game against Detroit, and that's going to be the game plan here as we start stretching. Good deal. Well, Coach, thanks so much for your time, and get out there okay. with you guys. We'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you, guys. All right, okay. Coach Scott Berry, everybody. That's my world. <laughs> I almost feel like I, I brought him down with that with that notion. That of, was great. Wasn't it? <laughs> well, that's my world you're talking about. And the other the other thing besides this, you know, walk up music we're talking about is is the advent of social media. Which when you and I were young broadcasters, there was no social media. Now kids you know, on Twitter and Instagram posting video of themselves and how great they are and how it's all about them. And it's just, it's nuts. I know we sound like two old guys talking, but it's and, really... And we are. Yeah, we are, but it's kind of disgusting, isn't it? It is. Just it, how people are so into themselves. And, right. it's, and it's a team sport, after all. All right, when we come back, Barry McKnight is the play-by-play voice of Troy, who will be here tomorrow night, and we'll talk to Barry right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the First Bike Studio in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Kelly, Bob, and Dalton with the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Coach Scott Berry for joining us as he does every Monday. I thought that was a great conversation with him today. 
Yeah, but you you can sense a little bit of disappointment yeah. and frustration. Oh, yeah. But and that's, yeah, that's to be expected. He keeps his sense of humor, and uh, he's just a good guy. <laughs> you, you have to, brother, right? Yeah, no question about it. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, uh, obviously located on 4th Street. Uh, the eight ninety five lunch special is very, very popular. Kelly and I can attest to the uh, fried shrimp poor boys. My gosh, they're good. Everything there is good. Well, in fact, the economy the, the economy is such. I asked for the poor boy, and the owner came out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, "No, it's not that bad." No, and of course, uh, an incredible array of Southern Miss memorabilia. Uh, all through the building, just uh, probably unmatched, wouldn't you say? Great place yeah. to shoot pool, too. If yeah. You enjoy, yeah. If you enjoy billiards, there's uh, plenty of tables there to go around and uh, right. lots and, of fun. And, and always good food and friendly service. Four Street Bar and Grill, uh, we highly recommend uh, that establishment here on the Eagle Hour. Uh, the Golden Eagles have an unusually late midweek game. I think it was a rescheduled game from an earlier rainout. Troy University will be here tomorrow night. Uh, they're 27 and 25, 14 and 13 in their conference. So, a good and competitive baseball team coming to Pete Taylor Park tomorrow night to take on a, a Southern Miss team that you never quite know what what you're going to see. I mean, some nights are very good, other nights they're not very good. Uh, so we'll see tomorrow night. Barry McKnight can tell us if if Troy has been like that. Welcome to the show, Barry. Has has Troy been up and down like the Golden Eagles, or, or how would you describe the season? I would think that is legitimate. Um, you know, the real thing to watch out for is you better make sure they play the correct walk-up music, otherwise they'll step out of the batter's box. That's something certainly to look forward to tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> so there, yeah. so there's a, this is a team made up of nine-year-olds, then, apparently. Uh, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, I wasn't sure about the about the intro music you played to this segment, so I was about to step on my <laughs> And actually, when they told me we were talking to Barry McKnight, didn't you used to be a singer for New Kids on the Block? Wasn't there a... No, no, no. You know, people always people always confuse me with Brian McKnight, there who you was go. A, okay. a great R&B singer, and I promise you, that ain't me. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. Well, you know, you, your, your, your question is legitimate. Troy has been inconsistent this year. And, you know, just, uh, gosh, a play or two, a pitcher or two uh, from having a really good year. 27 and 25. Troy has won five out of their last six conference series, but hasn't swept any of them. You know, you win two and then lose the Sunday game because, you know, the Sunday pitching hasn't been all that great. Troy can hit the baseball. They have got six players um, hitting over 300, uh, so the, so they've got some star power in the batting order. But, um, you know, just a, just a starting pitcher or two away – and I got to tell you, this game, you're right, it is a uh, rescheduling of a game that was originally scheduled to be played up at the Mississippi Braves ballpark up near Jackson back uh, a couple of months ago, and the Wayne got it. They moved it here. And Troy is is short on pitching. I'm, I'm not sure who the Trojans will have to throw because, mm-hmm. you know, we play tomorrow night in Hattiesburg, and then you go to the, to the uh, three-game series in two days against South Alabama down in Mobile, and Troy has got to do well in that series. So, you know, the pitching depth has been an issue for Troy. Coming up tomorrow night, it will be a really, really significant issue. You just rang a bell for me. I think Southern Miss plays Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Am I correct about that? I, I'm not sure. Because of the usually, Usually that's the case. Yeah, but yeah you're we'll right. Because of the tournament, you're trying to get it uh, – 
you're trying to get your pitching right for the tournament, and it is right. UAB Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Pete Taylor mm-hmm. Park this week, so very likely it's an issue for Southern Miss as well. And, um, you know, this was the only date that worked for both clubs, and it'll be competitive, Troy and Southern Miss. Um, I'll be looking forward to seeing yeah. Jeremy McLean again. But um, as far as pitching goes, I, you gotta you gotta play this one. Uh, you gotta play this one pretty carefully for both clubs heading into the final weekend of conference play. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about Jeremy McLean. Are you guys mad at us, Barry, that we stole your AD? Oh my gosh, no! Because you know you uh, you knew how much he regarded Southern Miss. You knew how much it meant to him. Um, the time that he had there when he was here. Um, I remember when he got the job, I didn't know him. Nobody around here knew much about him, but it spoke volumes that Bill McGillis came all the way over and was a part of a press conference here that spoke a, a great deal about Jeremy. Now, you know, I've been around uh, athletics people, you know, my entire career, and they don't come any finer than Jeremy. Uh, we would probably have been angry if he'd have gone anywhere but Southern Miss, but we had known for a while the regard he had for that program and those people. Now, the Trojans play in, in the, in the Sunbelt Conference, and i got to ask you, I was uh, reading a little bit up, uh, updating myself on the Trojan program. Something's going right there because football season tickets are up, what, three or four? 400 over last year already? Well, it's a good time to be a Trojan. Yeah, uh, the football season tickets are are going really well. You know, we've got a beautiful stadium uh, that you guys will get to see coming up, I think, week three of the season. Um, you know, Troy has won 31 games in the last three years, three straight bowl games. Uh, you know, the, the facilities boom across the entire campus is huge. And certainly in our conference, in the Sunbelt Conference, in totality, the, the facilities here at Troy are better than anybody else in our league. So, yeah, there's a lot to be proud of. Football, of course, but all over campus. Barry, don't you, don't you think with the advent of football at South Al, uh, the improvements that have been made at Troy – uh, Louisiana Monroe's on the upswing. Louisiana Lafayette. Don't you think that the complexion of the Sun Belt Conference has changed the complexion of Conference USA? Well, there, there's so many uh, ex Sun Belt members that have gone to Conference USA with, with differing degrees of success. I do know that it's a that, that it's a battle. It really is. Um, Southern Miss used to have, you know recruiting things their way down in that area. Right. And uh, Troy, you know, didn't used to have any real competition in our niche over in southeastern Alabama, southwestern Georgia, and northwestern Florida. But, you know, now Southern Miss is mixed in. I mean, I'm sorry, South Alabama is mixed in. Uh, you know, that they have certainly inroads in the Mobile, ULM. Um, you know, it's – I'm not sure that, quite frankly – Southern Miss will never get beat on a recruit from from ULM or South Alabama, but you know there are guys that you use to flesh out your program that um, have a have an option now. Uh, in the past, if you wanted to play close to home and you were from uh, I don't know uh, past Christian or um, you know down somewhere around Mobile, Bayou Labatry or something, you know Southern Miss was was the place to go. Now, uh, unless you're going to be a star, um, you know, South Alabama, ULM, Troy, um, are all very viable, very good options. So let me ask you a, a left field question, Barry. Okay. Kelly and I have been advocates for the last several years that Southern Miss would benefit from leaving Conference USA 
and going to the Sun Belt because we believe one thing that's happened to Southern Miss, and we're talking mainly football, but not really completely football, is right. that all of our longtime rivals are gone. We used to be rivals with Memphis and East Carolina and, and Tulane, and, and we, we think – that you could reestablish those sorts of rivalries if Southern Miss were in the Sun Belt. What do you think the reaction would be in the Sun Belt if Southern Miss were to ever try to make that move? Oh, just strictly from our perspective, we would be overjoyed. You know, just strictly from the Sun Belt side, you know, I have yet to get a read on what it would mean for Southern Miss, although I'm familiar with the program and the people and the success and the history. But from the Sun Belt Conference, I, I would imagine we would fall all over themselves to get in there. And, and part of it is because I believe Conference USA has overreached. Uh, you know, the, the, the rivalries, and I promise you, you know, when Southern Miss comes in in football in week three down here in Troy, that is a huge, huge game for us. When Southern Miss plays football at FIU or Charlotte or, right. you know, even, right. you know, some of those uh, Old Dominion, I, I'm not so sure that those will ever be big rivals. I agree. San Antonio. Yeah. So, you know, you can you can build your your footprint, you can build your profile and all that, but I, I don't know that the Southern Miss fans that died in the world never miss a game and haven't for decades fans would ever get into a trip to Marshall, maybe, or or FAU as much as they would get into a, a, a trip to again. South Alabama, Troy, some of the schools in the Sun Belt Conference, we just completely because agree. of the footprint. Yeah, and, and, and financially, when you're talking about that you have to transport your women's teams as well, wouldn't you rather go to Troy and Mobile rather than to, you know, uh, El Paso, Texas, or yeah. Roanoke, Virginia? You know? it, it, it just, you know, financially, and I'm not speaking for Jeremy, we've never spoken on this subject, but financially, I would think, and then again, since you've brought it out from left field, I'll, I'll throw it in from left field. I, I would think if I was a volleyball player at Southern Miss, and I'm getting ready after a long flight to play volleyball at Marshall, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Right. What, what is this, you know, is this worth it when there are hundreds of schools between here and there that would have been better trips? Right. All right. Well, I, we're out, out of time, unfortunately. It's a great conversation. Maybe we call you one day and we renew this conversation, Barry. But it sounds great. I'm we appreciate you being on the show. I hope you have a safe trip over here tomorrow night. Thank you. Barry McKnight, everybody. Play-by-play voice for the Troy Trojans at the Pete tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Our thanks to Barry McKnight, play-by-play voice of Troy University. Also, of course, want to thank Coach Scott Barry for joining us as he does every Monday. This segment is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center, our newest sponsor, Gulfport Home Center, with the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. They're located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, and we welcome them to the Eagle Hour. All right, uh, Kelly, so uh, 
I, I had to mention, Bob, when Barry McKnight was on the – man, did, did that guy have a voice on him or yes, what? Yes, he did. I think he works in radio. Yeah, you'd have to wonder if, if he gets up in the morning, good morning, dear, how was breakfast this morning? Are we having eggs? Are we having pancakes? There we go. All right, so weekend action in Conference USA. UAB beats Charlotte two out of three. Florida Atlantic beats Texas San Antonio two out of three. Florida International two games to one over Middle Tennessee. Old Dominion sweeps Marshall three games to none. Louisiana Tech uh, wins two out of three against Western Kentucky. Of course, Rice beats USM. If the tournament were held today, Kelly, which obviously it's not, this would be the matchup. Florida Atlantic versus UTSA. Southern Miss versus Marshall. Western Kentucky versus Rice. Louisiana Tech versus Old Dominion. And Marshall scares the heck out of me. Now, I know they I know they got uh, swept this past weekend, which I don't. Oh, and see, Old Dominion has not impressed me. Mm-hmm. You know, during the year, mm-hmm. but they're, they're certainly a better team than I gave them credit for. But Marshall would be the one team that I wouldn't want to play necessarily well, in the first round. Old thirty-two and eighteen. Uh, Marshall, we see you look at it, you say, "Oh, well, Marshall's twenty-four and twenty-six. We haven't done well against teams with losing records." Matchups, you know, it's all about. Right. Coach Barry was talking about they didn't match up very well against you know Rice this weekend in games two and games three. Um, so it, it and people go, "What do you what do you mean by matchup?" Well, if you have a right-handed pitcher, how many left-handed batters you know do they have? If Southern Miss, which is top-heavy with left-handed hitters, if they go up against a left-handed pitcher, you know, that changes the complexion of the matchup. So mm-hmm. when, when coaches talk about that, that's what they mean. You know, their personnel versus our personnel, how, how does that look side-by-side? Side? And Marshall, uh, you know, gave us fits earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So Overall, Florida Atlantic has the most wins of any conference team. They're 34-17. and 17. Uh, Southern Miss – and Louisiana Tech are both tied, uh, well, and Old Dominion with 32 wins. The Golden Eagles with 17 losses, Old Dominion with 18, and Tech with 20. Uh, Western Kentucky and Marshall both, and UTSA both with 24 wins, and Rice with 23. But you're right. I mean, you, you could look at any matchup here on this piece of paper and you'd really have no accurate way of predicting who would win the game. You know, a side note, Bob, I think that Louisiana Tech-Western Kentucky series was actually played at a high school field. That's correct. In I Ruston. I heard that the other night. Yeah, this yeah. past weekend. So. I heard that. And, and we were talking about politics with Scott Berry, that the NCAA has, you know, that there's politics involved. If, if I was going to outwardly, you know, be a politician and give a team a bid that might be a bubble team, it would be La Tech. You know, oh, just because of the think. yeah the circumstances they're in, and that would be that would be a financial windfall, you know, for them, and and heaven forbid there actually be some compassion yeah. involved uh, in these decisions. Interesting, yeah. I thought too. What Coach Barry said too is that you know the last four or five in are usually favors for somebody. Well, we joked early, I think a couple of weeks ago, we joked that whoever's going to be in, all right. Because you know Florida State, they're going to let Florida State in, right? No matter LSU what, LSU will be in, and, and they right. usually deserve it, right? right. So I don't want to take right. anything away from them, but yeah, LSU is the other one. You right. know, they're going to be in. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter it really what doesn't the record matter. is. Hey, there was a, there was a young, um, not a Southern Miss guy necessarily, but certainly um, a feather in his cap this weekend. Davis Riley, who was a prep a high school golfer at Presbyterian Christian High School in Hattiesburg, and I think uh, Davis committed to to Alabama, but played. In the Byron Nelson Golf Classic over in Fort Worth this weekend, and I think finished like tied for twenty eighth or some, mm-hmm. some really really high up there, fifty grand. Yeah, when well, you, you told know? me that, I thought, my heavens, you can make fifty thousand dollars finishing twenty eighth in the tournament. The winner, the winner won a million four. 
Is that right? A million. That's one. That's having one good week. Yeah. You know, a million that's four. That's a hell of a week. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a good week. I mean, but I'm saying you win one tournament the whole year and you could be set for life. Right. I would be. I'd be set for life. Right. For you know? sure. Yeah. But but good for well, Davis good for Riley. Him. Yeah. yeah. Good for and him. we're hoping another uh, Mississippi guy there can uh, make inroads on the PGA Tour. And I'm sure whatever Davis decides to do, he'll be successful. So. All right. All right we did clarify. Am I correct? The, the weekend series is Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Uh, so the Golden Eagles play Tuesday, turn around and play Thursday, Friday night. A lot of baseball here uh, Saturday. And I always hate to say this, but it's the last series of the year. And the baseball season always goes by very fast. And I just I just want the Eagles to tend to business at the right. Conference USA Tournament. Because I'm telling you, and I am, I'm that wet blanket. I'm telling you, if the NCAA can keep us out, they will. So let's win the Conference USA Tournament. And I don't care what seed you are. Win the tournament. Would you? Would you, from a coaching standpoint, perhaps just set Stevie Powers down now until the tournament to try to get him healed up? Boy, that's a that's a t- no because there's something to be said about routine as well. You know, and, and pitchers are, are kind of weird now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got their set ways and they've got their routines, and you get them out of that routine. Um, much like older people. Mm-hmm. Once they get out of their routine, they it, it really throws them off. Right. You know, so yeah, you're right. I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm just saying that that would be because right. of that. You may not want to. All right. You and I again tomorrow, right? Looking forward to it. One o'clock. We'll be back uh, from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.